0: Hi listeners, this is Marcia Epstein with Talk With Me on LawrenceHeads.com. And as I often do, I get to bring you a conversation and more with an artist. Lots of my artist guests are all over, and this one is all over in other ways, but actually is based in Lawrence, Kansas, where I am. Um, And as somebody that I got to know a couple years ago, we hadn't been together in a couple years now, it seems like. And so this is a treat in all kinds of ways. Good stuff going on. And so I'm just going to jump in and say, welcome, Michael Deeger. Thank you. Thank you so much for
1: having me. (laughs) It's great to be here.
0: This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. And you've been up to all kinds of new things since you and I were working together. Yeah, a lot has happened. To hear. I always ask people to start by saying a little bit of, about themselves, a little bit about sort of what your background is, so that when you get to what you're getting ready to introduce, they go, oh, that's how come this person can do all that. How cool.
1: Got it. Okay. Right. Well, I'm an artist that's been living here in Lawrence since about 2007. Um, I performed a lot of theater um, at Theater Lawrence, um, at Topeka Civic Theater, some stuff in Kansas City, and some other little places around Lawrence, too. Um, I've been writing and playing original music for many years, longer than that. I play at a lot of open mic nights here in town. If you've seen me, maybe at the bottleneck or the jazz house or the replay sometimes. I'm also a distance runner. Um, run several marathons. I don't really race as much anymore, but I run more for my mental and spiritual health um, and physical health, of course. And I also, I recently have started volunteering as a... On call advocate for the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center. Um, It was about eight weeks of training, and I've just been out of training about a month. Um, So that's taking up some of my time. I'm really enjoying the work that I'm doing for them. And all of those things have contributed to this show uh, that I'm putting out now. And another big contributing factor is the fact that um, July 25th last year, I got sober, and I've still maintained that so far. So thank you
0: wow so lots going on lots going on and and just to get back to your article but just to, you mentioned sure. the, a lot about acting and music and uh-huh. you brought some amazing paintings uh-huh can kind of share and i'm thinking you dance there are lots of uh-huh. parts of yes
1: yes yes uh-huh. okay. well i grew up um doing theater i started doing theater um i guess formally at the bathhouse players in in topeka the helen hawker theater had a program for Teens and preteens to, to start learning theater. And that was when I really started learning about it. Um, but I've been performing and writing music since I could crawl pretty much before. <laughs> uh, my parents tell stories about me doing bizarre fashion shows when I was two or three years old and would make everybody watch. And um, so I've kind of always had that in me. Um, my My mom's mom, my granny, was a painter and she um, got me interested in that when I was really young. Anytime we were over at her house, we were either painting or drawing or playing dress up. She had a huge um, tub that she would bring out with all this amazing costume jewelry and scarves and sashes and things and we would dress up and and I'm still doing all that same stuff today.
0: I've noticed sometimes you perform with Ms. Amanda. I do.
1: Um, I'm really lucky in that I have a friendship. Um, My friend Nate is Uh also a drag queen, Miss Amanda Love, Uh and he hosts a show every Thursday night at the Jazz House. Um, He's also hosted shows at the Jackpot, um, other places in Lawrence, and um, he's been traveling all over the country lately as well. Uh, But I really started workshopping original music um, at drag shows back when I was 18, 19 years old, uh, there was a, a bar in Topeka called The Perfect Spot, and um, I had just started writing and, and recording some music, and I had was friends with a few of the drag queens there, and basically when they would be, like between numbers changing and stuff, I would come out and perform some of my original music, and, um, and I've always kind of kept that. Um, drag queens are, my family, my joy, uh-huh. their visual Prozac to me. I just love being <laughs> around them. I find them so entertaining and I uh-huh. love um, the the bravery that comes with uh, playing with gender and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, And I, would, yeah. I want to
0: interrupt you just to sure. say briefly for people who don't know somehow, of uh, the person that comes to mind in Lawrence, Kansas, for me is, of course, Deja Brooks. Of course, Deja Brooks. Asia Brooks. Brand, uh, Brandon Eisman, who has, both the transformations, huge fundraiser for nonprofits, and has a reading session coming up uh-huh. at the Public Library. so wonderful. Rainbow, I think that's fantastic. So, just cool stuff going yeah. on. And again, shout out to Ms. Amanda Love. Nathan, thank you for doing all that Yes, thank you, Nate. And
1: every Thursday night at the Jazz House, 10 30 drag time.
0: Cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, I've been really lucky
1: that um, he's invited me. Sometimes they want to spice up their shows with um some things that aren't just traditional drag uh-huh. um and I, I like to play with gender a lot and wear androgynous fabulous clothes and things like that uh-huh. and so it was a kind of a good fit um and he had had a couple people drop out unexpectedly of a show a couple years ago and i had been going and watching his shows a lot um and he knew that i had done theater and stuff and so he just kind of threw it out there like could you please we need somebody on stage uh-huh. and, and i was like actually you're like inviting me home I would be oh, glad sweet. to do this um, and it's been really fun every chance uh-huh. I've got to do it since.
2: Yeah
0: cool so how did you decide to get involved with I'm going to give a, a history of names in the ancient days it was the Douglas County Rape, Rape Victim Support Service uh-huh. and then it was Rape Victim Survivor Service and then it was the Gadigee Safe Gadigee. Center and uh-huh. now it's the sexual trauma and abuse care center so it's this this long-standing support service uh-huh. in since Lawrence, 1972 Kansas. That's specifically for people who have experienced some kind of sexual violence to to be able to get support um, mm-hmm. in their healing and you know in really practical ways. when We need all kinds of stuff. But h- how did you decide a, a few months ago that you were going to apply and sure. train and become a, an advocate
1: there? Um, I have a, I do have a personal connection to sexual assault and abuse, and I had thought for a long time that it was an area that I wanted to work in and uh, help other people. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly what that looked like. And I wasn't in a place emotionally to do that kind of work for a long time. Um, one of my best friends is a staff advocate there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been working there for a couple years now. Um, and I've just been very inspired by the work that she's done with them. And when I got sober last year, um, she pretty much immediately came to my ear and started kind of planting the seed and saying, you know, now that, you're going to have more time and yeah. more clarity, you've mentioned, you know, wanting to help victim survivors, maybe you should think about this. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. Once uh-huh. she had said that, it really felt like this is something I could do. And and so then I, I finally did when it was the right time and I wasn't really? in a production and uh-huh. and everything. So. It's been it's been really educational and uh-huh. empowering. Um, I'm really inspired by all the staff there and the other volunteer advocates uh-huh. for sure. That's
0: great. Yeah, thank you. What a wonderful thing. And some people may think I didn't realize they would have male advocates.
1: Too uh-huh. it's like oh
0: yes, for nope. lots
1: of reasons. There's all all kinds of victim survivors and um, any anyone can help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, very cool. Thanks. So let's go ahead and mention one of the additional things you're doing to help
1: them. Yes. Okay. So. Um, I'm about to stage my second musical, um, and it's called Run. It's about a super speed superhero in a race against time to discover the truth of his secret identity. And it's also about Luke, a less fabulous struggling artist who has his own demons. um, And it's about how their stories intertwine with each other. So I've been working on that for about a year. And I decided that we wanted to stage it as a benefit for the sexual trauma and abuse care center. So tickets will be $15. um, And from that $15, $14.25 of that ticket goes directly to the care center. So that other 75 cents is going just to basically the the processing of the, the cards online and everything else will go to the care center to help fund their services uh, that they offer there. So we thought that was a good way to you know use art to make a difference not just by inspiring other people But by actually bringing some money in and putting yeah. it you know where your mouth is kind well of.
0: Yeah, it's this combination and and this you know with the show that's that's really one of the things that I believe in so much is How art really is a way of commun- communicating uh-huh. and connecting, you know bringing people together, and I think I think especially since the last election that art is one of those places that messages can be raised that maybe don't get raised other places that that challenge us to really think about things. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned some things in in introducing yourself that that, that are things about gender, gender identity, gender presentation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's obviously stuff that needs higher visibility right. and commitment for support in these times Absolutely. And, and we're recording the day after the anniversary of the Pulse.
1: Right yeah that was just a year ago it's been a really interesting year since that that was a really shocking event uh-huh. um, and you know one of the first things I did actually is I called Nate uh, Miss Amanda and I said we've we've got to do something are you putting on a show mm-hmm. I don't know what, what to do, but all I know how to do is I sing and I write and and I, I need to do that somewhere. And he said, yes, we're putting on a show, come and sing. And I was able to go and kind of deal with my feelings that way and talk about some things that um, I needed to and in a safe place, which for me is through music.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Music has been part of your life for a long time, you were saying, uh-huh. and do you have, did you have somebody, do you, do you even know
1: how that came to you, that how it came music to be? is part of my expression, it's part of who I am, what I need to be. I'm talking. not totally sure, my my parents are not musical, they actually are both, um, were jocks in high school, and they grew up in a really small community out in Chase County, Kansas, and they were jocks, and it just so happened that they had to, um, Gay sons, and uh-huh. they had to learn um, how to deal with that. But where my love of music came, I think a lot of it came from having um, an older brother who was also gay, and an older brother who was very intellectual. So he, and I think that, without totally recognizing that I was in the same boat as he is, he saw that I was also kind of an outsider, and. He always was filling my brain with lots of strange and interesting ideas. Um, And my first band in junior high was called um, JS Mill, and we were inspired by John Stuart Mill, (laughs) and it was uh, not really anything that any of the other um, of my classmates could relate to or were interested in and all, but I just kind of always been thinking in that way of I want to create, I want to make music, and I want it to make people think. Um, And I, I credit my older brother for that, I credit my mom's mom. Um, the painter for encouraging me as an artist, but I don't know. I don't know. I think music is just everywhere, and uh-huh. you know, it just it just gets you. I don't uh-huh. know. It felt like a language I could speak.
0: Did you take lessons to learn guitar? Are you a, like a music theory person? Music, you know. Sure, theory, right?
1: sure. Some, yeah. Um, growing up, it was do all of these sports, uh-huh. and then if there's some time left, you can do that little thing that you kind of like to do. So I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball, I ran track, I did all, all of this, all this stuff. Uh, but um, I didn't get to do enough, having a lot of time to do theater and music and things. Um, it took a lot of begging my parents, um, when I was sixth or seventh grade, my voice started changing and it was a nightmare for me and I thought it would never change and it was stuck in that really screechy uh. spot. Um, but My older brother was in the, uh, the select choral group at his high school. And I just I idolized him so much. And I remember one time he kind of made fun of me because I I'd asked him in my raspy voice, like, do you think I'll ever be in show
3: choir? <laughs> and it became
1: this kind of inside joke in my family that they would make. And it really, it was quite hurtful because they had no idea just how desperately I really did want it. But it was, you know, as soon as my voice changed, though, it was, I'm doing this. And I could sing and I had a solo in the first school concert like a month after my voice yeah. changed. And, And I would, I just basically wouldn't shut up. And there was auditions for um, a Christmas pageant. Do you remember that old book, the Christmas pageant Uh about those kids, you know? Um, And there were auditions for that, a new youth theater in Topeka. Topeka Civic Theater had just opened their youth academy. And I basically begged my parents 24 hours a day for weeks to please, you know, let me go and audition for this. Uh-huh. And they relented basically to get me to shut up, I think. <laughs> and I went and I got cast as the dad in, in the production and I made some great friends and then I just never stopped. There was always another show I was going to do. And uh-huh. I was, um, and they they saw that that lit me up and in a way that nothing else had. Once they kind of saw me in in that, even though it was kind of a small part, they knew this, uh, this is him shining in a way we haven't seen before. So uh-huh. they got a little more scripted. Good
0: for your parents. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thanks.
1: As far as um, self-taught, I like took band. I grew up doing band and I actually played the alto saxophone. Oh, okay. um, and I really, really wanted to play guitar because that I really I wanted to sing. You know, you have that thing in your mouth, and it's cutting up your lip and your tongue. And you're part of an ensemble too, which was a nightmare for me because I wanted to stand in front of everybody. Um, But it it taught me all those fundamentals, how to read music, Mm -hmm. you know, how to hear pitch and all that stuff. And I'm really grateful. And then um, I was in some advanced singing groups and things like that in in high school where I took music uh, theory. And then I took some classes at Johnson County Community College when I was a student there studying theater and vocal performance.
0: So did that really inform or?
1: It really informed. but it was the right, it was the wrong time for me to be there, so I, I would have liked to be informed more. But it was <laughs> not the right time. so it was very informative for what I got. Uh-huh. At the time. Yeah. And at this point, is guitar the main instrument? Guitar right? is the main instrument. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess I would say my voice is probably the main instrument. Oh, there you go. Um, but I write everything on my guitar. Uh
0: huh. Yep. So how many guitars do you have? You
1: mentioned three. Acoustic. Yeah. Yeah, just three. Uh-huh. I have one acoustic guitar that I've had since I was seventeen, uh-huh. and it's. Um, covered in paint and glitter and stickers uh, and um, it means a lot to me I have a, a great sort of connection with it and then I got my electric guitar three or four years ago um, and we're still bonding but it's been amazing writing this show on the electric uh-huh. it's just kind of a different feel uh-huh. and then I have another acoustic that's not as beat up as my it's my girl uh. so I, I bring it out you know when I need to look nice and have a good sound because my old one is pretty twangy and beat up and but it's great for campfires and, uh-huh. and it looks great on stage.
2: So.
0: <laughs> there's there's something to be said there in the metaphor of that guitar huh? Yeah, it looks, yeah, great yeah. On stage. It looks great it sounds, on stage. It's not
1: quite as good but, but it's there consistent. It's uh, it's been through a lot with uh-huh. me for sure. Very yeah.
0: cool, very
2: cool. Yeah.
0: As you're talking about that it made me think about just something that people can support in addition to the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center, this program in Lawrence called Girls Rock Lawrence, amazing. which is actually for female, trans, and gender non-conforming youth. Uh-huh. Um, and the camp is getting ready to happen this year, June 26. Everybody can go to Liberty Hall on Saturday. Go to Saturdays. the showcase. Yeah, at the Saturday after camp and hear these bands, and it's amazing. I've helped at the at the camp the, the last two years in terms of the we call it the cool down crew, so kind of support uh, role, yeah. um, so some of us do that, and seeing the kids experience this, and it's, it is life changing for them, Absolutely. it is so helpful, it is one of those things that builds confidence, it builds friendships, it, it helps people do something that maybe they wouldn't have known they could do, uh-huh. in a lot of different ways. I remember last year being at, not last year, but the year before being at the showcase, which was at the bottleneck the first year in 2015. And I just happened to be standing next to a family of, of one of the youth who, you know, I knew who, who when we, we talked a little bit they said, oh, uh-huh. she's, and it's like, oh my gosh, she has become the leader of this band. These, wow. these kids meet the first day, they write their music. They, some of them have never played a musical instrument uh-huh. before. And so they're learning to play. They're learning to work together as a band, and they get assigned and get to choose who their band right, are. Right. You know, all this learning is happening about music and through music. And when I was talking about how cool their kid was, that that was an aunt that I was talking to. She's like, she hardly talks other ways. It's
2: like, wow. this is
0: so cool because yeah. she became the leader. She's the one who pulled her group together, her band together. It's like that's, that's so the kind awesome. of stuff that happens. And so I, I she I will be
1: heard now.
0: Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. Yeah. And last year, one one kid in particular, who his his mom said afterwards, this is the first time that he's felt like he fits in. Uh-huh. And I say he because he's a trans boy. Uh-huh. And so it was this great experience. Um, and you, I'm not going to call the person's name out because I don't have permission, but I'm going to be pretty sure that you're going to meet this kid. this one.
2: It's
0: good, good stuff going on in our community and good stuff that happens through music in so many mm-hmm. ways. That's really cool. And and for you, you know, I think about, well, a lot of people would think about, well, the, the things like the civil rights movement and sort of that, that whole kind of, Folk song kind of thing that was used for advocacy mm-hmm. in different ways and then gospel and other things but but what you're doing is a whole different Type of music and type of messaging,
1: right? Yeah um, But I I have a lot of like with those activist folks. Yeah, um, and my my first musical is very much that mm-hmm. um, So I I love that I think yeah. music is an amazing way to communicate ideas to people and yeah. It's just so powerful, and yeah. I'm just really grateful that um, that I found it. Yeah, because yeah, it absolutely saved my life on so many times.
2: Uh huh. So,
0: yeah. And I don't know if this is too much information in advance of Run, but are there a couple things in particular you're hoping that people are prompted to think about after viewing this?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm hoping that people are one more understanding with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that people think more about private struggles that people are having, um, I mean it's it's so cliche but it's still so important uh, right now to be kind to other people and yes. to know that everyone is going through their own stuff. Yeah. Um, my show talks pretty candidly about mental illness, um, it deals with suicide, it deals with addiction and um, the effects of trauma long term if you've experienced trauma as a child or a young adult, how that mm-hmm. paints your life moving forward. So there's, there's definitely a lot to chew on in this show. Um, ultimately, the message is about um, being your own hero, being a hero to the people closest to you, and um, building a family out of choice.
0: Cool. Very cool. Thank you. And this is totally your creation, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Everything
1: written, uh, written and composed by me, directed by me. Uh-huh. Um, there's 13 in our cast. Just a lot of people to uh, to juggle schedules with. They're all really talented and um, are making it so much more than I ever imagined. Aww, yeah,
2: that's
0: cool. Yeah. And you perform,
1: and I yes, and I also play the the role the uh-huh. kind of lead role in it, uh-huh. who is the streak, the super speed superhero from Silver City.
2: All right, yeah. so <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for people to see.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun. How about costuming? Do you have help with that? I have. Um, a little bit of help. Um, I've done most all the costumes on my own. I haven't sewed them all. Some garments I've created and other stuff I've ordered.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: but the streak is is not your average superhero. He He's a little more fabulous. And he also, he doesn't just have one superhero costume like Superman or Batman. No, he's got his sparkly gold suit. He's got his blue suit. He's got a red crop top super suit. He's got it all.
0: All right. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: like that he's a little more fabulous. He's a little more fabulous
0: than an average <laughs> superhero, for sure. So as I'm hearing you talk about this play, which sounds so amazing, I'm wondering, is there really only going to be one production, one night?
1: Well, yes and no. One for now. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I would love to do it eight, eight days a week, you know, for the, <laughs> for the future. Um, but we're going to start with just one. Um, it's a lot to a lot of costs for one thing to put on a production there's a lot of different people's schedules and it's it's brand new so Uh we're hoping do the benefit uh, raise a bunch of money for the sexual trauma and abuse care center Uh and then I would like to stage a full um, a full production that would be like you know two weekends or maybe even just one weekend at some point, uh, yeah. looking at I was looking at doing it in Topeka in the fall, but I may do um, the Rocky Horror Show at Theater Lawrence in the fall again. So it may not be until spring, but uh-huh. it, this is not the end of run. Yeah, all right, starting all right. out with one though.
0: So people should really go this time because it's going to be a long time before there's an opportunity to see yes, it again. <laughs> absolutely. Yep.
1: Yeah. It might not be your town.
0: And so tell people again when and
1: where. It's going to be Saturday, July 29th, 7 30 p.m. at Maselli's. Uh, Steve Maselli has been so gracious as to offer up the space as his donation for the benefit. So um, we are incredibly grateful to, to Steve Maselli for that. And we can't wait to have the show up
0: and running. Cool, 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 cool. So And people can already get tickets,
1: right? Tickets are on sale, they're online. Um, I have a feeling you might share the link. Yeah, The link is also available on the RUN Facebook page, as well as my Facebook and Twitter.
0: Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting, your timing, and I don't know if you were aware of this, but you said that the timing is Saturday, July 29th. Uh-huh. And the reason that's really interesting to me is that on... The 28th and 29th, Friday and Saturday, July 28th and 29th, is the Kansas Statewide Transgender Education Project's Trans-Kansas Conference. Wonderful. And that is in Lawrence, Kansas, so I'm Um, just saying
1: that that
0: people could do both. That would be a wonderful, (laughs) educational,
1: inspiring, entertaining weekend. Yeah. For sure.
0: That would be very cool. And for people who want more information about the Trans Kansas Conference, I'll have the link on the Talk With Me announcement of this show. And the person who is the prime organizer is Stephanie Mott, and there are a variety of ways Stephanie. to find her. Yeah, she's the the person who founded the Kansas Statewide Transgender Education Project, the Kansas uh, excuse me, the Transgender Tour Faith Tour, where she's speaking to communities all over the country she is a therapist at the vallejo center the community mental health center in topeka she is an advocate for people of lower income for you know for so many people who are vulnerable and a huge role Mm -hmm. model for people all over absolutely so i'm going to say to people kansas trans conference trans conference 2017, it's really called Trans Kansas
1: Conference. Try to get that out right. Trans Kansas Conference.
0: Trans Kansas Conference 2017. <laughs> and run both on that same weekend. That includes Saturday, July 29th. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's wonderful. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry that took me so long to say all that. That's that's all right. I was tripping up over it. <laughs> hey, let's take a little break right now. Hear from some of the, the sponsors of LawrenceHits.com and then we will be right back with more fabulousness from Michael Deeker.
3: I don't think Stephanie Mott ever takes a day off doing a good fight
0: so welcome back to more talk with me with michael deeker this is so fun so exciting because i think about other conversations that have happened on talk with me conversations about challenges that some people have faced with experiences that they are not responsible for creating in their life Mm -hmm. they have to deal with you know And and things about identity and being authentic to who you really are and finding those people who love you and respect you and value who you really are, all these different things. And run is really bringing a lot together, which is yeah, so great. I hope
1: so. I hope that yeah. it's I hope it's entertaining and and fun for everybody as well as, you know, a little educational and, and inspiring and thought provoking and uh-huh, all that too. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
0: And you mentioned that that substance abuse and mental health are a part of that. Do you want to say yes. anything about those, those messages?
1: In yeah, uh, definitely. Um, the, the main character in the show, Luke, um, he's, he's dealing with addiction. He experienced a traumatic childhood um, and that has ramifications in his adult life. Um, he's, he's dealing with depression. He's dealing with some suicidality. Um, And he's trying to cope with all this stuff by by drinking in excess. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's discovering with the help of a therapist who is in this show that his substance abuse is making his mental health struggle a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Um, In his attempt to cope using substance abuse, um, he's actually exacerbating a lot of Mm -hmm. his negative feelings Um, He's engaging in a lot more risky behaviors that then he will obsessively um, Regret the next day
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And it it becomes a cycle that's really hard to get out of so the theme in the show is Luke trying to figure out That that lesson and and let that go. Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: Which is so great a message to get out there and for people who don't understand and think well the problems is substance abuse is like actually Substance so abuse, much more complicated yeah but yeah. substance abuse is like a way of dealing it's a symptom yeah you know and people might use that and that's not the only thing that happens but right. sometimes people people do use that because it's hard to live the way they're thinking and feeling Yeah, you know and so now to be able to to show that and sometimes what can happen is unfortunately that makes things worse and so uh-huh. we need different tools yeah. you know i in my work with people one of the things i'm really I, I just believe is that we need to honor that we did things as best we could, yeah. you know, and we don't have to keep doing things exactly the same way. No, we can, we can, can change.
1: You can change. Yeah. It, it might be the hardest thing in the world, but it could yeah. be the best thing in the world. Yeah. Too. There's a, uh, a moment in the show that, that gets come back to several times. And that's a moment of a character who's lost while running. They're lost running at night, and they don't know where they are or how they got there, and it's it's really scary.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, this is a moment that happens in the show at a few different times and kind of ties some plot points together, so I'm not going to tell you too much. Sure. Um, but I'll tell you that that, um, that happened to me and really kind of inspired the show. is uh, About a year ago, a little more than a year ago, I was really in the thick of my own mental health struggles. Um, it was affecting my relationship. It was affecting my job. It was affecting everything. I was really, I was really at a risky place. Um, and something about me is that I'm a runner. Not just that I run marathons and stuff, but when I get uncomfortable, I, I need to get away. So sometimes I, I don't do well with crowds. Um, I mean, sober I don't do well with crowds and I, I need to, to get away. But it would happen that if I was intoxicated, I would take off running and I can get I can get pretty far. It's actually dangerous because I'm, I'm an athlete. You know, I can run 26 miles in an afternoon that, you know, that's not going to kill me. And I I got lost running at night and I found myself on a highway and I had no idea how I got there. I didn't know. I didn't remember starting running. I, I thought that I was kind of out near Clinton Lake, um, but I actually found myself um, in Eudora. I had run all the way to Eudora, and I was actually picked up by a couple nice police officers from a couple different towns, actually. I think they'd probably been getting some calls about someone uh, running out into the highway trying to flag people down, and they asked me, if you know, have you been in a fight? What are you doing out here? How did you get out here? I was, you know, covered in blood and dirt. Oh, I didn't gosh. have my shirt on. My favorite shirt, too. Um... And I really, I didn't have any explanation for them. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't know what, what exactly to do with me. But mm-hmm. I was really kind of traumatized by that night. Everything, I didn't end up get hurt, getting hurt that bad that night. Luckily, I didn't have like a lot of ramifications for what happened, but I couldn't stop thinking about what might have happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing that I thought of was, would this possibly have been different if I wasn't white? I feel like it probably would have. I hate to say that. I also thought about what if, you know, they hadn't picked me up and I had fallen down and busted my head open on the highway and didn't know where I was. Nobody knew where I was. You know, my, my partner had no idea where I was that night and everything. That really started my journey as far as sobriety. Um, but it, it also really inspired the show because I, for weeks, I was having nightmares about that night because it was just one of the more terrifying experiences of my life was just... How, what am I doing out here? Where am I? Uh, what's all that? So I return to that a lot in the show um, Just because that that really inspired so I started writing the first song in the show the day after that while I was thinking about the night before and You know the show's very much about my personal struggle um, with mental illness and substance abuse, but pulled from kind of a safe fantasy place for me uh-huh. and the show really explores that idea of creating a fantasy place to deal with your demons also, um, I don't want to give too much away mm-hmm. about exactly what the streak, of the superhero is, but he ends up being Luke's hero, mm-hmm. um, in a very personal way. Um, and hopefully, we can all kind of be our own heroes too.
0: Yeah, very cool. And yeah. very brave of you to share your real experience. That's Thanks. a turning point. Yeah. And what I know is when when somebody like you gives that gift out to other people. Then it gives them hope and possibility. I hope so. You know, somebody else can go, that isn't exactly what I did, but I did something like that. Uh And I've never told anybody, and I haven't known
1: what to do. And maybe
0: now what I see is I can use that as inspiration.
1: Yeah. That night, as terrifying as it was, it was my inspiration. I'd had a, a really difficult summer where I had permanently damaged some relationships due to my substance abuse uh-huh. um, and was also feeling uh, from the election, you know, that kind of idea of I'm an outsider again, there's this, all these people that it seems like they're motivated by hate of people that are different, including me. So it, last year was really hard, going through that whole election cycle was very difficult. Um, the pulse shooting affected me a lot. Um, and all those things kind of came together um, and exploded on that night that I got lost running. Um, but it, it shook me up enough that it it turned me in a, a new direction, which is ultimately the best direction I've ever yeah. gone. And
0: and that's the inspirational part, is that you were able to, to go from there uh-huh. to get yourself on a different course and a much better and healthier one. Yeah. And, and that tells other people, maybe I can too. You can, you know?
1: yeah. A big part of me wanting to, to go sober was not just for myself, but um, I have a, someone really close to me who also struggles with um, addiction and, and mental illness a lot. And just about a week before my incident, uh, they had their own kind of incident, and they, they nearly died. And, um, and I wanted to... Like inspire them. I wanted to write this show to say, to tell myself how to heal, and to try to tell her how to heal. Not that I could ever do that for her, Um, but that was the that was the hope. It was like I've got to do something, and these are the tools I have. You know, I have singing and writing and playing and and all that. How can I use these tools to save my life and my friend's life and maybe some other people?
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you. That's really, really great. Thanks. And that's, I think, an important role of art. It's not I think so too. entertainment alone. Although entertainment is a good thing
1: too. There's a yeah, lot of gotta options. give them a little razzle dazzle uh-huh. um, to get them in the door and everything. But then, uh-huh. yeah, get them with a the real whammy. Uh-huh. I've always been really inspired and influenced by artists that were documenting the AIDS crisis. In- Particular artists that were really active in New York, um, like Keith Haring, um, David Wojnarowicz. Um, I'm obsessed with um, David's paintings are really graphic and colorful and he uses a lot of different interesting textures and mixed media and stuff, But that appeals to me. But what appeals to me more is just how um, he was always using his art, and Keith Haring and a lot of those other guys too, were using their art to talk about the injustices that were inherent in the response to the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that I'm, I'm, I'm almost older than a lot of those guys got to live to be. I think I'm definitely older than Keith Haring got to live to be. David Wojnarowicz lived to like 37, um, lost a lot of artists in New York then. Um, but I've kind of always kind of felt like I was in the shadow of those queer artists. Uh-huh. And so that definitely inspires what I'm doing now too. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Picking up the torch. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. So inspired by other other artists, and and again, you know, it's it's that relay thing. It's it's that right. Somebody and then somebody else and somebody else. Yeah. And it keeps Uh huh.
1: And how we keep talking about David? And I can barely pronounce his last name, but he was abused severely as a child. Then he was put in. Like shock therapy to deal with being gay. He had his own substance abuse issues, and he, you know, ended up having AIDS. And it was very like tragic. You could say it was oh wow, what a tragic life. But there's always like humor in his work, and color, and um, joy in it, even though it's like um, addressing really dark themes. So I hope that mine does that too. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So is writing plays something
1: that's likely to be an ongoing part of your artistic journey? I think so, uh-huh. yeah. This is the second full musical that I've staged. Uh-huh. But I've written two plays that I never shared with anyone. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I'll I'll continue, uh-huh. yeah. I like that the most. I think theater is probably my preferred medium, for sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's so direct, you know. You put someone in front of you and, and you, you act out right with them, you know. You, put them in your human experience directly.
0: Uh Uh-huh, and the one part of your performance that we can share on the radio is some of the music. Yeah, definitely. And so since you can't see a performance, you can hear hear some of what Michael Deeker is bringing together in Run and War. So this is something that's gonna be a special treat to our listeners. Um, This is Michael performing on guitar and and voice, original music. And is there anything you'd like to tell people about this song?
1: Uh, this song is titled uh, "Run, Boy, Run." It's the uh, song that kind of opens the show, and uh, this is the first song that I wrote to intentionally be in, in this show. I started writing it um, the day after I got lost running, and I was oh wow, and uh, yeah, and then the story. Just went from there. So, this is called Run Boy Run.
3: Run, boy run, run, One straight through it, the sunny sun is From so much of this town, is in another town We don't know how he got where he's gone. And we don't know just how far, how long. he has been a bit of a thrill seeker these days. It's true. Well, he found the building and howled at the wood, but he made some friends in the town saloon. He drank up whiskey with them until they went to sleep. And then he run around. Run, boy, run, 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 run. run, run Well he made it to the ocean, but that's not him, cause if he could run that boy, could he swim. made so many friends there under the sea. He was like a shark, and then he had to keep moving, even in the dark, he would just keep screwing. Swam so far, he made it to some foreign coast. Well, he climbed ashore, and he sang his tune, but his fish friends followed him to their doom. Last thing that they saw was him on his way. As you run, 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 boy, run, 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 boy, run, 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 boy, run, run, run away, son. Ain't no reason to stay, son. Run, 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 run away. Well, he ran so fast he went straight through the future to the past and he found himself back home. About a day or so after he left his mama there alone, she was staring out the window straight down. Son, if you come home, oh, there's a casserole and some living day. But well, I almost ran inside to embrace her but a voice in the night reminded him that there's danger. Stay tuned.
0: So if you didn't already want to experience RUN, I hope that song inspires you to be there um, with tickets available through the Maselli's website and through a link on the Facebook page for RUN Musical. And of course, in addition to going, you can always just donate directly to the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center here in Lawrence, Kansas, because part of what this show is about is Making those services available to people who need them, and that requires some money as well as some person time. So there you go. But that is amazing. Thank you.
3: Thanks yes,
0: a lot. and it's and it's your experience that you're bringing into this. This is yeah, truly work of love.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. is a
0: work yeah. of love. Yep. Yeah, and and what I'm experiencing with you in this in this radio discussion is, and. Openness about things saying we have to talk about people, you have to our experiences We have to know that we can get through things We have to know that lots of us have different kinds of demons and we can still get past those uh-huh. We can still have wonderful rich lives. Yeah, and we don't have to be held back You don't wow. have
1: to help be held back the enemy is shame. Yes And isolation. Yes you need, Yes, you need people in your life and let go of shame and stigma.
0: Yeah, and, and so what a powerful thing to be associated with your volunteer work and the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center. Because as we know from our personal experiences, from people that we care about, it is very difficult for people to talk about sexual violence.
1: Very. And it's a scary topic to talk about. You don't know... people are going to react are they going to be victim blaming Mm -hmm. um so if you can let people know up front you know that you care about consent and that you um that you believe survivors Mm -hmm. um, it goes a long way just Mm -hmm. believing is so important And so many survivors have never been told that just Mm -hmm. simply i believe you i believe what happened to you and what you're going through Mm -hmm. you know that statement alone is so powerful.
0: Yeah. And and I think it's important for people to recognize that sexual abuse sexual violence is in essence defined by the person who experiences it. Right. No one has the right to say, "Oh no, that wasn't that bad." Right. You know, or "But you look like a strong person, then that uh-huh. couldn't be something that you didn't want." You know, all these different messages that, that people can play. And the truth is, when somebody experienced it as abusive, then that's what it was. And I will also stretch that farther that sometimes we need to help people be able to recognize that. Sometimes uh-huh. people have gotten to the point where they don't realize that they don't deserve to be treated in certain right. ways. Right, You know. yeah. And so sometimes they need some, some nudges to be told that, Really what you described is something that sounds really terrible and I'm so sorry you experienced You deserve it.
1: to feel better. Yeah.
0: And how how better. can I help you? Right. right. How can I help you find the help that you need? How can I be one of the safe people in your life? Can I walk with you from work to your car mm-hmm. now that this is something you've talked about? So you don't have to walk. With. Right. You know, what what are the things I can do that?
1: If you are listening and you're wondering how to help someone close to you call the care center they do education they can help you have those conversations they can sit with you and talk to you about what happened to your friend to give you the tools to help support them Mm -hmm. Um, there there's someone that's going to answer that call 24 hours a day if you Mm -hmm. call them and they're not only there to support primary victim survivors they're to support secondary survivors too people that have been affected because of a friend or a family member or someone close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there for you too.
0: Yeah. And we'll, I'll have the, the um, website for this program on the announcement of this show. I'm also wondering if there's some things you'd like to say to, to help people understand some of the range of services and if there's education services or support services. Yep there's, I know there's therapy. There's lots of different things. Yeah.
1: They do offer some amazing therapy options. A good way to remember what they offer is care center yeah. it spells something out. So the C is for counseling. The care center offers individual therapy and support groups. The A and the R is advocacy and response. So that 24 seven hotline, we all also offer a medical advocacy. So there's a protocol with Lawrence Memorial hospital that anytime someone shows up at the hospital, um, after having been assaulted and that they're, there looking to, um, have a forensic exam, their protocol is to immediately call the care center and an advocate will be at the hospital within 30 minutes and they can answer all questions about what the exam is. Um, they can answer questions about court and law enforcement, like, about giving a report. There's different kinds of reports you might want to give. Um, They can talk to you about the police interview and they can go with you. Um, That's something that I've done is just sat in a room uh, during a police interview just to give that victim survivor the confidence of knowing that they're there listening to make sure I'm being taken care of to interject and say, hey, can we take a little break? All that stuff. Um, And then the E in care is for education. So they're always going out to to different businesses and talking about sexual assault how you can prevent it there's a bar safe program where they go out and educate bartenders and staff at bars and restaurants um, since we know a lot of sexual assault sometimes is fueled by by alcohol mm-hmm. if you're someone that serves alcohol you should know um, about how to about those topics um, they go to schools and do talks they'll go out to any business if you're um wishing that your workplace would have someone come and talk about about these issues mm-hmm. call the care center they will send someone out and, and they'll give a presentation mm-hmm. so so that's what they do counseling advocacy and response yeah. and education yeah. and if you forget any of that just know that they have a 24-hour hotline and you can call
0: right and that's the thing is when it's something immediate or it could be something that happened a long huh. time ago. Absolutely keeping, awake at night. You
1: know? Absolutely. It's never too late to heal. Mm-hmm. If you might be 70 years old and you have things that you haven't resolved from trauma that happened to you as a child. It's not too late mm-hmm. to talk about those things and, and to get some healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I wanna give a shout out to sort of the roots, the origins, the one of the founding mamas, um, Sarah Jane Russell. Um, who was there at the beginning, and came back, and was there for a long time as the director. And I say that because this is an organization that's rooted in the feminist history of Lawrence Absolutely. You know, and and it was women helping other women that started it, and it's grown Mm -hmm. into a lot bigger than that,
1: yeah. the emphasis
0: on helping child survivors and, and survivors of different genders is something that, that came later than yeah. the first few years.
1: Well, and the rape crisis movement, I want to point out, was started almost entirely by women um, of color as well. So I want to remember that the, the black women that continued, back then, were doing the heavy lifting that they still are. Uh-huh. So Just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, and so it's important for us to I think it's important for us to acknowledge history and know that if it wasn't for that set of founding people who again passed the torch and passed uh-huh. the torch, things like this wouldn't exist right And we don't want to forget. We want to thank those people. Yes. So again, you know huge thank you to Sarah Jane Russell um, and everybody who was part of this organization through the years and will be in the future to help more and more people be safe and healed. Absolutely. Because it's one of those organizations where the long-term goal is we don't want to be needed. We want people to treat Uh each other respectfully and not have experiences of sexual violence. But until then, we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep educating and we're going to keep supporting.
1: Supporting and believing survivors and creating a culture of consent.
0: Yes. Yeah, to
1: counter that rape
0: culture. Yes. So cool. That's part of what you're doing. So, so you you've got lots in your life, and obviously running is still part of your life, but uh-huh. in a more positive way, right? Yes, <laughs>
1: uh-huh. yeah, in a more positive way. Yes, running, but running and mental health has always gone together for me, almost uh-huh. the same as, as art and mental health. Uh-huh. I started running because my parents couldn't handle how much energy I had, um, and they would tell me, oh, go run around the property." And if you ran around uh-huh. our whole property three times, it was a mile and i have probably run a thousand miles around that property (laughs) because it would be, oh my gosh, you're so hyper, he won't stop, go run. So I kind of got that, like I can regulate this extra energy thing by doing this. I kind of learned that. Um,
0: So I'm gonna guess some people would say, well, it sounds like an attention disorder that needs to be medicated. And instead you're going, hey, I have energy, I can use it in positive ways, and one of my great things is running.
1: Absolutely. medications can be extremely helpful to people and certainly if you're you know if you're on any medications please stay on them and if they're working for you you, um talk to your doctor um but it's it's not for everybody and i you know i I was on it i have a lot of experience um with psychiatric medications Mm -hmm. and um some of them made my life a lot more difficult especially before they quite got things right Mm -hmm. um I'm fairly open on my social media and just in the community about the fact that I'm bipolar. It's not something that I'm ashamed about, um, but it, it's really tricky to medicate. Um, and before they know you're bipolar, they might put you on antidepressants, which would make you manic, or they might try different medications that really just kind of give you a flat effect. And, um, or there might just be horrible side effects like increase or loss of appetite or sleep and all those things. So medication is, is tough, and I would... Hope that most people would take it as as kind of a last resort, but it has saved so many lives and is really beneficial too. Mm -hmm. So I'm not pro or against medication.
0: It's really finding the tools that are the right tools for you. Yeah, and I want to go ahead and mention that um, people who are hearing this show this week when it premieres um, on Friday, June 16th, the Burnett Community Mental Health Center is hosting a talk by Kevin Hines, mm-hmm. who is one of the 36 people who has ever survived jumping from the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And Kevin's life changed that second that he jumped and realized he didn't want to die. Yeah, I'm sure. And after the, there was a lot of physical healing and work on his mental health, he became and continues to be a strong advocate for people with mental health challenges and pursuits of prevention. Um, so Kevin is talking at the LEAD Center on Friday the 16th at seven o'clock. And Kevin is also a person who will say, this is my mental health diagnosis and I'm using these meds and I use therapy and working out is huge for me. And there are a variety of this whole set of tools. And, and the reminder there is that we need to, to the ones that are right for us right. but nobody is just getting to a wonderful life because of medication you know? i agree i agree it, it takes a lot
1: of combination
0: yeah and sometimes people will say well you know this medication is is why I'm doing this it's like you know what you're making the choice right you're making the choice to use therapy and meds and then to go from there to try new things do things yeah. in a different way you know you don't you don't you have responsibility there in in your healing and your getting to a better life. It's not just because the medication, right? No, you know? it's you. It's yeah. you. Those are
1: just one tool that you used. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely don't give don't give those medications all the all the credit for for your mental health.
0: Right, and we have to be really good consumers when it comes to mental health stuff. You know, and I know it's super hard to challenge a a doctor or a therapist and say mm-hmm. I don't think that's working for me. Yeah, but but. You know, talk to your friends, family, whoever your close network is. Build up your your courage, your list of things, and ask those questions and give that yeah. feedback because yeah. if you're seeing somebody, if you're on medication, it should be helping. And if you're really not experiencing yeah. benefits, then yeah. then that's something to challenge and say, hey, Absolutely. this isn't really getting me
1: what I need. And so it, can you help me or do I need to see somebody else? Yeah. This A struggle for me in that situation has been... I just started this medication a lot of these things are, are gonna take you taking it regularly for some period of time mm-hmm. before you know whether they're working so if you trust your doctor take some time with it but be open with him about how it's going
2: yes
0: and order.
1: and and definitely like you said about friends and family talk about this stuff talk yeah. about the struggles that you're having and and you may not know someone really close to you may have just gone through the same yeah. thing that they felt awkward about talking about. They might have some great advice yes. um, for what you should do in this situation. Yeah, so.
0: people from their own experience, and I will say a huge shout out. Our local chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, has the Douglas County NAMI, has a support meeting every Wednesday night from 6 to 7 at the Plymouth mm-hmm. Congregational Church, yeah. which is at 925 Vermont. Um, you go to the door that's kind of on the 9th Street side of Vermont, on that end, which is the north end of the building. You'll need to knock on the door because of just the security of the building. Uh-huh. The door is locked. But, but anybody can go there and have the chance to say, This is a little bit about me. And other people will be there who, who understand and, and often have some suggestions like, well, this is how that worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work like that for you, yeah. but but you know, being able to talk and, and get some guidance from people who, who really know the kinds of things, that you can learn. absolutely. Yeah, well, it's a great opportunity for that stuff. Lots of good things in our community, and and I want to get back to, we're talking today because we really want to encourage people to attend Run the Music.
1: Run day. the Music Hall, yes. July 29th. Yes. Would you like to hear another song? Yes. I have a Let's song um, called Consent that I thought would be a nice love song to sing after we were talking about the care center okay. so much and
0: that'll be our closing note so here we go All right. yes thank you michael <laughs>
3: what it feels I let you hold my hand, and if I say my, I still might change my mind again. Cause I can have a hard time trusting, I can have a hard time letting go. But it's been a long time since I've wanted to, and I do. Want to with you? Would it feel just right if I let your lips touch mine? And if it doesn't, why? I might like to try again. Maybe it's just a runner's high. Maybe it's some trick you're playing out with those eyes. But I don't feel afraid with you. I feel safe. Is that true? You're all There's look good for gazing into all in the surrender. River,
0: Michael Diegert. Listeners, I hope that you will be at Run the Musical. Thanks for listening and so long.